you jackass. Welcome to the Jackass Critics Podcast. With your hosts, Tom and Matt. Welcome to the Jackass Critics Podcast, presented by JackassCritics.com. I'm Tom. London gentlemen. And I'm joined by Matt. Blackbeard's delight. How's it going, Chad Brochosenko? <laughs> it is officially football season, is it not, Thomas? Yeah, I think that's a good way to kick it off, don't you? Yeah, officially, yeah. And who knows how long Ochocinco has left in his NFL career, so we might as well hey, get that in while we can. If Tom Brady's throwing to him, I'll, I take that back. If Tom Brady's throwing to me, I can put up 100 yards a game if you saw that Monday night game. Holy cow. That's a good point, Tom, and yeah, you've got a point there, but still, I think the longevity of the podcast for Jackass Critics is longer than Ocho Cinco's career at this point. Yeah, that's a good litmus test, isn't it? I mean, if, if we can make it if we can make it longer than uh, Mr. Goldtooth himself, then <laughs> I think we got something here. I mean, and he's got his second career already planned out, so I mean, he's ready to check out at a moment's notice. If VH1 calls with a new pitch for a reality show, he's... He's uh, yeah. calling in sick, which I don't think he's sure. in the NFL officially. So. I'm sure there's a Tyler Perry movie that just lined up for him, too, you know. <laughs> they were looking for somebody that's tall with a gold tooth. Yeah. Ocho. Call Ocho. Yeah. They want this grandma to beat you up for one of the scenes because, you know, he touched his granddaughter. I mean, her <laughs> granddaughter. Yeah. And the dude brings it to work, obviously. He's willing to change his name for your work. I mean, obviously, that's the kind of employee you want. Yeah. So. I mean, you may cast him in the role of... Hal Roachman, and he'll change his name to Hal Roachman. <laughs> so he's Hal Roachman playing Hal Roachman just uh, for that year. I feel sorry for our few movie nerd fans who are like, what's football and who's Chad Ochi Sinky? What are these guys even talking about? Yeah. 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 Well, that's their loss. That's, we'll be getting uh, out of movies here shortly, people. That's everyone else's gain. That's yeah. right. So, as always, you can check us out at jackasscritics.com, if you didn't know that from my intro. Uh, you can go ahead and do a search for us on Facebook, Jackass Critics. And yes. when you go there, go ahead and like us. We're we nice people. Yeah. We, we we don't spam you too often. We just tell you when the podcasts are coming, when the reviews are up. And sometimes we're funny. We offer you a little something extra. Yep. And every time somebody likes us, I'm going to drink a beer. How about that? How about wow. that, Promise America? That's my promise wow. to America. Yeah. Matt, Matt's really putting it out there tonight. It's <laughs> a really bold, bold claim, I know. Pressing the flesh, yep. doing the whole nine yards. We're also on Twitter. I'm Jackass Tom. He's Jackass Matt. Fancy It's that. simple. Yeah. It's simple. I've been keeping up better, though I'm a couple movies behind. I went on a little uh, independent movie kick this weekend and need to update uh, <laughs> on some bad movies I watched over the weekend. So. Yeah, I'm getting a little bit more comfortable with the Twitter world. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... Uh, it's a nice way to patch into your fellow movie buffs, your your fellow movie writers and podcasters, and just see what everyone else is up to. Are you? Uh, do you only use the web client, Thomas, or do you use it on your mobile device or your tablet? I, I do. Your... I do use it on my phone. Yeah. What's your preferred uh, one on the phone? Not to branch off too much, but I just use the official the one? Twitter. Yeah. yeah, the official one. Yeah. It's pretty That's, nice. I, I like it almost more than their website. It just seems to be a better layout presentation of the data. But anyways. Yeah, it's, it's easy to flip through. So, Matt, are you ready for some Bullets in the Chamber? Yes. The should-be award-winning Bullets in the Chamber. Yeah, yes. yeah, exactly. 
Uh, now let me pull up this uh, this long stat sheet I have here, oh, Matt, and you know what's coming. You're punching me right in the nose right at the beginning, you know. Yeah. So I think we went over it pretty well last week that I was in the lead for the summer box off challenge, box office challenge. And I had correct? my fingers crossed, and I went to the there. There was actually a theater in Ohio that was still playing Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Took a couple days off work. Uh, tried the. You went down to Parma. <laughs> Beautiful Parma. It's lovely this time of year. Oh, absolutely. Um, I am questioning whether or not I had an impact. You did. I. Uh, but not enough. Uh, so here's the final. Oh, Matt's totals: one billion seven million seven hundred fifty-eight thousand three hundred sixty-two dollars. One that has a nice ring to it. Two that sounds like a winning number. Yeah, and you know what I said at the beginning of this? I think my, my number for winning yeah. was projected at 1 or 1.1 billion. I can't remember which number I picked, but I said, you know, based off of the averages, if yeah. you pick 5 of the top 10, it's probably going to take about, you know, a little over 1 billion. So, you got a little over 1 billion, Matt. That's a winner's number. You put some science into it. You were very prepared. Um, not that it takes a lot of science, especially to pick the top two or three movies. I mean, right, it's pretty, right. pretty straightforward. It, but. And we did that. We went one, two, three, four. Yeah, but, but Tom, I think you're about to tell me your number is slightly bigger. Yeah, when I said you're a winner, I meant that in the you know Special Olympics, everyone's a winner wow. category. But wow. in this case, we only had two people competing, and we definitely were going to award someone the winner and someone the loser. Because yeah. we placed things on the line. We did. One billion... 43 million what etc 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 so there's a gap of only 35 million dollars oh, no. yeah and if you look at the the rankings yeah. for your movies yeah. 1 4 6 8 67 <laughs> four, four of your movies are in the top 10 Matt. Uh, one of these Mine? things is not like the other <laughs> <laughs> is it the frog <laughs> and uh, for my movies right 2 3 11 12 16 I only had two in the top ten. You know What's what? What's wrong, Matt? What's wrong? Those damn when... dirty apes. That movie has done so much better than I envisioned it. I was laughing at the Planet of the Apes. You even mentioned it during the show, and I laughed at you. Yeah, you did. Let me throw out a few more movies yeah. that... Uh, could have saved me. Could have saved you, right. So, if you would have picked Water for Elephants... I never even heard of that movie. It's essentially uh, the Titanic, but a circus. Okay. Oh. You would have just lost. Just lost. Okay, by like maybe two million. Man. However, if you pick the Adjustment Bureau, which I don't think you could have. Yeah, it was too But early. if you would have, right, you would have just won by like maybe 500,000. If you would have picked Unknown, you would have won by like maybe a million. Yeah. And you know what the best thing about Unknown is? The title explains the plot. <laughs> Mr. Popper's Penguins would have blown me away. The Zookeeper blown me away. Cowboys versus Aliens, you would have been laughing at me last week. And Bad Teacher, yeah. I would have given you beer a month ago if you would have picked Bad Teacher. I Do you remember who was in Bad Teacher? Yeah, yeah we mentioned the Bad Diaz. Teacher last time. I, I, I mean, I saw some advertisements for that. I didn't see any advertisement for Mr. Popper's Penguins or any of this other baloney. That, that was one I, of your movies, too, Mr. Popper's Penguins. I, I did mean, talk about uh, it. And, I mean, I, I had a... For my last pick, I had a bunch of kids' movies that I had to pick from, and I picked the very worst possible kids' movie. Unbelievable. Yeah. This is America in 2011. Kids like Kevin James more than Winnie the Pooh. That's crap. Come on. I 
can't oh. argue with you there. I think it's time to move on to your bullet, Matt. Your next bullet. Are, are we going to talk about my penalties and what's about to happen to me here, or are we going to oh, save that for a yeah, future? Yeah. So at the beginning of this episode, why did I, I mention will... anything? Why did I mention anything? Yeah, and I was going to put it in there anyway. At the beginning yeah. of this episode, you're going to have a little intro, which oh, if boy. anyone's listening now, they've already heard. But You've I'll, I'll pick prepped? an intro for you. Yeah, Tom. Yeah. Actually, I have a funny story that goes along with this. Yeah. I was at the local library scouting, right, going yeah. through the CD selection, and I was in the W section. You know what's in the W section, Matt? A, uh, weird Al Yankovic. Little... <laughs> oh, well, that's a Y section. <laughs> oh, There's a little weird. band by the name of Wham. Oh, boy. Yeah. No, but I... here's the thing. Here's yeah. the thing. I don't want to take it to the checkout counter, because who wants to be the guy who takes true. Wham to the checkout counter? It's not so, like you have a kid there or something like, oh, this is for my kid, you know, or right. something, yeah. But then I remember the library I'm at is extremely advanced, and they have automatic checkout, so I don't have to have anyone look at me, right? Scot-free. You're getting away so, scot-free. Right. So I take it to the end. I go through my, you know, five or six uh, CDs, DVDs, books, whatever. I have a pretty big pile. Yeah. I get to Wham, it throws a flag. <laughs> Yes. And it says CD not found. Oh. And the lady comes by, and it's like you know she picks it up. Oh, uh, yeah, it looks like this one's not in our database. Would you like Wham? You know she pretty much <laughs> nice. exclaims to the whole library, yeah. the one, the one CD that I did not want Correct. attached to me. Yes. So I said, no, ma'am, I don't need. Wow, you're Wham. waving her off. Yeah, that yeah. Was just don't a worry test. about it. I was just I was testing to see if it was in your in your system. It wasn't. I was trying to distance myself from Wham as much as possible, so you won't be getting any uh, wake me up before you go go. All right, I, I was afraid you were about to diss George Michael, and that that's throwdown material. But uh, that's throwdown material. I'm glad you respect the GM. You also owe me a 12-pack of bottled beer. I do, and I have some ideas for that. That's probably the least painful part of the entire bet. I mean, yeah, buying beer, an excuse to buy more beer, it's a winner. And as we will talk about after the last bullet in Bullets in the Chamber, you have to watch a movie. And I'm such a nice guy, Matt. You would agree, right? I'm a pretty nice guy. Well, you're a pretty decent human being. I've met I'm a few. Gi- you're, you're in there, yeah. I'm going to give you choices. I'm not going to give you a lot of choices, but I'm going to give you choices. You sound like the warden saying you can have a bullet or the gas chamber, but I will admit that that is better than the alternative of no choices. So, That's right. Yeah. Just so you know, the bullet goes quick. Could you uh, uh, order them uh, by whatever's the shortest movie first? Because that'll probably be my inclination. Uh, um, no, I'm not going to do that okay, for you, Matt. All right. I'll just but pick when the, the poison when... blindly. When the time comes, you'll probably understand where I'm going with that. And let's go to your bullet now. All right, Thomas. So uh, a common theme during my bullet section is my exploration into the digital world of streaming video and movies. Um, as you and our listeners are aware, I am disconnected from the cable and satellite network and also a movie fan, so I'm always interested in new interesting ways to get films. Off the grid in general, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I throw some more corn in my uh, thing out back that generates electricity, and then I <laughs> surf the web on my 20-meg connection. Yes. Um, so my little boxy box has got a, an application from the streaming service called Vudu, uh, V-U-D-U. So I decided to take that for a spin. Um, so they're kind of catering to the crowd that really appreciates quality. Um, so they offer you multiple choices for multiple dollar amounts um, in terms of the quality you want. So they're 
typical stream, which they call a 480 stream, which is kind of supposed to be DVD quality. Um, most of those movies are like two bucks um, if you want uh, a high def stream, um, which isn't quite Blu-ray quality, but much better than DVD. It's usually three, and then they have a high def. This is like combining my least favorite words. They have the high def extreme. <laughs> oh, painful uh, stream, yeah. which is like four bucks. Um, and the neat part are is, we, the are high we talking def- about four dollars per movie or four dollars yeah, per month? So it's just four dollars to rent that one movie. So it's kind oh, of wow. in line, maybe with renting from your Comcast or your satellite or whatever. If you didn't want to go out for the evening, you'd rather stay at home and watch a movie. Hmm. Um, the cool part is, they will show movies that are currently in the theater. I don't know if you know, but like Mark Cuban's been playing with that a little bit, like some of the movies mm-hmm. he produces. Um, he'll do the simultaneous release, like on a service like the Voodoo, as well as being in the theatrical. Um, so, like, and they aren't, you know, top run Tom Cruise movies. Ah, uh, uh, okay. But, like, okay. the Quarantine 2 movie, I don't know if you, that came out recently. They did a simultaneous theatrical release as well as the Voodoo release. Wow. Um, so, you could stay home, watch it, and the High Def Extreme. It will test your system, and you have to sustain a six meg connection for a fairly decent amount of time, um, which is a pretty intense data amount. I mean, that's a lot of data coming down your pipe, and it really looks quite nice. Um, wow, it's, it's like they're asking me to bench press two hundred. What is yeah, this? Yeah, I mean the demands, <laughs> and you got to fill it out and give a blood sample and everything. It's crazy. Um, so I ch- tested it out. Um, I got a movie that's somewhat embarrassing, but uh, I'm willing to admit here for all of our audience, I rented Jackass 3.5. Oh, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. Um, I appreciate 90 minutes of Jackassery. You know, I have three beers and watch Jackass guys do Jackass things. Um, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong. And uh, it wasn't Fast and the Furious 5, which is my other choice. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, again, you know, it was like four bucks, so it's not something I'm going to do all that regular. But for, you know, the weird movie that comes out, and, I mean, just I think I can speak for you as well, my motivation to go to the theater is pretty minimal, just the experience. I guess I, the experience hasn't deteriorated in theater. It's just your home experience has gotten so much better in the past few years mm-hmm. that uh, it's, it's pretty sexy staying at home watching a new movie for a relatively cheap price. I like it. Yeah. So the quality was good. The selection's great. I mean, not everyone's too excited about you know something like Netflix with unlimited streaming and you're only getting a little chunk of the pie, but I think a lot of these big companies are pretty excited about being able to control the stream and... You, it's difficult or impossible, to, you know, to make a copy of right. it and stuff like that, and you're getting your guaranteed couple bucks. So uh, there's a there's a pretty good selection as well. So if you get an opportunity to check out the Voodoo, um, it was all good from my first experience. I would do it again. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So we'll move on to uh, Not my nearly next as fun bullet. as your bullet, by the way, and my pain, but you know, no, no, I, I agree. Yeah. It, because of your pain, that that first bullet was extra special. I was wiggling in my chair, literally. So, yeah. Tell me, tell me something interesting, Tom. So for my next bullet, there is a movie coming out soon with heartthrob Hugh Jackman. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. I know. I know. It's called Real Steel. Wasn't now, that a what do you with think? Ryan Bosworth in the in the eighties? Uh, no, that was Cold yeah, it, Steel it, or some shit. Yeah, uh, it has one of those names yeah, that could well, be attached to any movie. You know, you, you it's just a throwaway name. It as is long such as a throwaway name. Yeah. If there's a car in it, it can be real steel. If they're yeah. working on a building, it's real steel. 
if there's robots boxing, you could call it real steel, and that's really what the movie seems to be about. Hugh Jackman and robots boxing. Did he lose a barbet? What? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. That's what I thought, too. And yeah. this is essentially what I said over Twitter, and to my dismay, I don't have many followers. Yeah. One of my non-followers actually jumped all over me for saying that Hugh Jackman essentially jumps the shark with this movie giving me a link to Collider saying that this movie could be the surprise of the year or a surprise of the year because it is so much more than robots boxing. And Hugh Jackman doing this, you know, jumping punch in the air as the robot is also doing the same jumping punch in the air. Oh, because he controls the robots. Yeah. But really it's a story about love and tenderness and human connections now. Well, it's it's about a father-son relationship and connecting and all this other stuff. And, you know, I, I just come back to the fact that it's robots boxing. Yeah. So, Matt, yeah. understanding where this Hugh Jackman fan Twitter person came from, right? She's a, a Hugh Jackman fan. She's trying to find a reason why this is a good Hugh Jackman movie. Yeah. But I'm thinking to myself, if you start with robots boxing, can you really climb out of that hole? <laughs> what can you do to a movie to give it a backdrop that will enhance the robot's boxing to bring it out of that, you know, that 12-year-old, oh, I can't wait to see this movie, right? Because that's what I was thinking when I was watching the preview for this. Yeah. When I was 12 with my buddies, yeah. this is the type of movie I wanted to see, and I'd be wondering why I was the only person in the theater. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, and I, I can see the uh, interest for 12-year-old Matt. I, I don't know if 12-year-old kids today are going to be totally interested in that excuse me it just seems like they're much more mature and much more likely to not want to watch that i mean yeah i mean maybe hugh jackman has uh, a 12 year old son and you know he says daddy why can't you be in a transformer movie and this is the closest thing you could find yeah i mean that's just (laughs) it's like wolverine's not enough for you kid okay come on what more do you want from me okay boxing robots it is stuff comes out of my hands with claws and stuff give me a break That's pretty cool. Other kids like it. I mean, in response to your Twitter hater, and, I mean, she's got to really bring her yeah. A-game because you've been threatened with death on Jackass Critics and colon cancer and all sorts of horrible yeah. things. So if she's really yeah. angry at you, she's really got to turn up her game. Um, it was light anger. It just got me thinking, <laughs> what can you do to robots boxing to I've, make it a I've desirable film? The trailer, you've seen the trailer? Mm-hmm. It's a movie about robots boxing. I mean, that's what it's about. If you wanted a father-son movie, you can take that in a hundred different ways, and ways that are interesting to kids as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a dad that's a zookeeper, and nobody likes him at the zoo, and he brings his son in, and they find animals love together, or some crap like that. There, we just wrote a better movie than Real Steel. Bam. Yeah, starring Kevin James. And Kevin James is the co-star for comedic awesomeness. And that's a $200 million <laughs> movie. We just created a $200 million it's not even a movie, wow. it's a it's a project. It's, it's a, concept. a series. Yes. Yeah. This, yeah, I don't know what you can do. Can you put it against the backdrop of the Civil War or something? I, yeah, I don't know. You robots could take it boxing. anywhere but robots boxing and it would be better. And But the worst part is that if this movie was available for the summer blockbuster, if I picked it, I would have beaten you probably. Because it oh, would have made more money than Winnie the Pooh. So if this thing comes out like July 29th. It would be a 68 million dollar movie, and you would have beaten me. So, yeah. so I guess the final laughs on both you and I because millions of people will go see it, and and I would have won. And yeah, I wouldn't have had to watch a bad movie. That was a good bullet because we got to bring it back to you losing the summer box office challenge. Yeah, I'm glad I could do that. Yeah, and with that, we'll go to your next bullet. Yeah. So. Uh, 
again, to beat on the same drum, um, so the Netflix, real popular with the kids, both for renting discs and the streaming. Well, one of their biggest sources of content for the streaming is from their relationship with Stars, which is most, or before this at least, most commonly known for the pay channel that they mm-hmm. had going on with your cable and satellite operators. And I think Stars was generally always considered a lower rung one. I mean, I don't think anybody called up and was like, "I just want Stars. Just give me Stars." You want HBO? Or no, I don't want none of that crap. Yeah, it's a poor man's HBO. Don't tell me that. I don't want none of your HBO business, that fancy yeah. Sopranos business. I want stars. Anyways, <laughs> apparently stars was crafty enough when they were writing their agreements with whoever they were licensing movies from and shows from that they were allowed to, you know, sublet it more or less to other companies for streaming. So they signed a deal back in 08 with our friends at Netflix that basically everything that stars had access to on their pay-per-view channel or their for-pay channel uh, Netflix had access to as well. And, you know, big studios like Disney and Sony Pictures um, had deals with stars to show their movies. So Netflix had the ability to show Disney movies and Sony movies, which was mm-hmm. real nice. As soon as that, uh, you know, agreement was signed in 2008, there was a lot, some, the mainstream movies, you know, were really popular, available all of a sudden on the Netflix. Whereas before, you were getting, you know, the independent movies, a lot of old television shows, you know. It wasn't really a compelling argument. Uh, and even at the time as well, it was kind of only uh, browser-based as well, so you had to sit in front of your computer. You know, they added the Stars catalog, and they added more, obviously, to their catalog, and then got mm-hmm. on TVs as well, you know, internet-enabled TVs and all that jazz. And Netflix is where we know it today, and it's quite popular, but... Yeah, because of the library. I mean, that's really kind of the thing that that's drives Netflix exactly. right now is they have built up this enormous library. So now you're telling me that they're cutting it like in half or a third or... You know, it's, know. I'm sure in terms of volume, it's not necessarily as significant just because, you know, the I Love Lucy reruns and stuff. I'm sure Netflix gets those for a song and it just bulks up the volume of their selection so much but a lot of what people would consider first run movies or you know the high the quality stuff exactly um, those are going to go away and they're not coming back and that's effective in February of next year is when the catalog is officially going offline and it's kind of interesting if you scroll through if you have the Netflix with the watch now um, part of the deal between the two is all the movies that are stars movies coming from their library actually have a little icon kind of in the lower right so if you're kind of curious what you'd be losing, you can kind of scroll through your, uh, you know, your catalog of what you've selected you want to watch at some point, and you can see, you know, I went through mine, and you know, out of 60 movies, you know, 15 of them were stars ones, you know, oh, stuff wow. that they had licensed. So that's huge. That's a game changer for Netflix. And I kind of try to watch, you know, some pretty diverse flicks. So I think a lot of people are probably going to be hit a lot more, you know, square in the nose than that. So should be pretty interesting to see how, you know, Netflix reacts because, I mean, they really need to build that catalog up and move forward as opposed to backwards. People aren't going to be very excited about that. I still think it's the cheapest game in town if you wanted to, you know, unplug from the network and, you know, not necessarily pay the cable rates, but I don't know. I think they're going to lose some people with that. Yeah, I would think so, too. Well, that's my uh, tidbit of information and synopsis. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be a big change. It's going to open up the door for a lot of competition. They're yeah. going to lose some market share with that. You know, I read uh, the article from Stars, and they said, you know, they're going to focus more on, 
you know, just building their channel. So it doesn't sound like it's a play to go to another competitor or to try to build their own streaming service. Mm-hmm. Um, so Netflix has got to do some work to try to replace that catalog, you know, directly. Right. Okay. Thank you, Matt. You're welcome, Thomas. And, uh, and I think and it's time for our... Our fifth bullet. Our we have a fifth, fifth bullet, bullet tonight. Yes. And for our fifth bullet, we're going to be changing up the music a little bit because we got ourselves a little game. Yes. And that game is called Red Light, Green Light. I love it. So you'll be playing, Matt. And, you know, <laughs> you kind of inspired me. Your game is similar to, to mine, the game you played last week, Make Mine Madsen. <laughs> yes. And I had the idea for this a few weeks back. And as soon as you pulled the trigger on Make Mine Madsen, I really worked harder on this one to, yeah. to prep it for this show. So here's here's the rundown for you. You know, when some people inspire somebody else, they get like a statue made in their honor and stuff. I get a game that's going to put me on the spot, you know, in, in public. And yeah. I'm okay with that. That's pretty much the level of inspiration I probably brought. Well, if you want that statue, I can talk to my daughter. She's pretty good with the Play-Doh these days, and she might be able to tie something together for you. Yeah, a likeness, well, if you will. Yeah. She puts up a big one up. I mean, it's really easy to make me look, make it look really round, <laughs> and then put some glasses <laughs> on it. And that's, that's my look. There you go. Days, so... Okay, so the rules, Matt. Yes, Thomas. Hit me. It's going to be very simple. I'm going to give you two descriptions of movies within the same category. One of them is either going to be a movie that was made before or is being greenlit to be made soon. And the other one is not. It's a movie I made up, hence the name Red Light, Green Light. So you just tell me which one is real. If you've been studying up, you may just school me on this and make me look silly. No, no. If not, then the tables are turned. All right. So one of them is completely fictional, and we're basically mm-hmm. testing your, your ability to uh, create semi-believable fictional uh, plots to movies. Uh, That's part of it, process. yeah. Yes. You ready for the first one? All right. I'm going to consider this one a test. Not even really, doesn't even count, even though it really will count, but I'm going to tell myself it doesn't count to keep my pressure down. I'm good. This is this is probably the easiest one, Okay. I would say. Maybe not the easiest one, but yeah, it's. I think they get up there as that, far as difficulty. If levels. I was trying to screw you over, I would tell you it was the easiest one, so I, I don't know if you're doing some reverse psychology <laughs> on me or not. We're about to find out. It worked already. Okay. <laughs> the first category is the presidential category. So the first movie in the first category. Yes. Hyde Park on the Hudson. Bill Murray plays Franklin Delano Roosevelt in a film about FDR's love affair with his own cousin. The movie takes place on a weekend when the king and queen from the UK are visiting the president in New York, and the movie pulls Murray back together with his Rushmore beau, Olivia Williams, who plays Eleanor. This movie is slated to come out in 2012. Okay. Did you swallow all that? I think I got the gist of it, at the very least. I'll call that the Bill Murray movie, if I decide to go that route. Okay. Yes. In 2003, our president, Jackass, stars Ted Danson as Andrew Jackson during the dirty election of 1828. The movie takes you through the Jackson campaign, where he was referred to as a jackass, and his wife was accused of bigamy by the John, John Quincy Adams supporters. Adams himself didn't escape campaign wrath as he accused... As he accused, uh, oh yeah, Adams himself did not escape uh, campaign wrath as he was accused of pimping American girls to Russian czars. The film ends with Jackson victory over Adams, as we all know, and Adams is played by Larry Miller, and the inaugural celebration where Jackson invites the rowdy public to the White House for a hoedown. So, Matt, 
we've got Hyde Park on the Hudson or our president jackass. You know, I, I like the description for our president jackass. Sounds a little more palatable to me, strangely. Um, and it sounds like something Danson would do and Larry Miller would do. And my impression is Danson's been losing his mind slowly for decades. <laughs> I'm going to go with, with our president. <laughs> the title is what's throwing me off, but I'm going to go with that. Our president jackass? Is that what it's called? Wow, yeah, that's what it's called, and I completely made that up. <laughs> that was well done. Yeah, you uh, the, lose the first one. The so, damn yeah. title, it was like throwing me off, but it wasn't supposed to throw me off. Ugh. Yeah, exactly. Playing with your mind. Yeah, so Hyde Park on the Hudson, Bill yeah. Murray. Damn. Bill Murray is Franklin Delano Roosevelt. How about that? He could pull that off. I could see that. I mean, he's got so. the stately manner going on these days for certain, so... Right. Looks, yeah, distinguished. Now, Matt, I would like to tweak the knobs a little bit, if you don't mind. Please, please. Do you need me to We're... close my eyes for a second? Are you going to do something? Uh, no, 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 but you're going to feel it on your end, so... Okay. We're going into the religious category. Oh, yes. Are you ready? Now I'm ready, yes. Now you're ready. Okay. Good Friday. Chris Tucker and Ice Cube are together again, finally, in a sequel to Friday that stars both of them. Okay. <laughs> now, 15 years later, Cube's character, Craig Jones, has a house full of kids, in-laws, and a stressful job as a rent-a-cop. He comes home... Oh, but who comes home to relieve his worries? His old pal Smokey, played by Chris Tucker, who now has a sweet gig as a Latin American importer-exporter. And this will be ready for Easter 2012. So Good Friday, yeah, good Friday. He comes home on Good Friday. That's the religious tie-in. I get it. Yeah. Now your next movie. Yes, yeah, sir. Judah Maccabee, Mel Gibson's Icon Productions made a deal with Warner Brothers to develop a movie based on the life of Judah Maccabee. And who is Judah Maccabee? He is a second-century Jewish warrior who led a revolt and inspired the holiday of Hanukkah. Gibson plans to work on a script with Basic Instinct and Showgirls writer Joe Esterhouse. Obviously. To, yeah. Good old Joe Esterhouse. That's that's it yeah. right there. Well, I believe that the Mel Gibson vehicle, Judah Maccabee, Judah Maccabee, is the correct answer and it is a legitimate movie. However, legitimate. I did pick up somewhere along the line some stories about Jew hating Mel Gibson. Making a movie, and some Jewish folk aren't too happy about that. So. Yeah. I was hoping you didn't read that, but I figured there was probably a 50-50 shot that you did. And yeah. if you didn't read that, then there was no way you would pick that one. Correct. Yeah, because obviously Chris, you threw Chris Tucker in, and I'm like, all right, Chris Tucker needs money. This is probably going to be it. I think right. Ice Cube is probably relatively set, but I think Chris Tucker, you know, that uh, Jackie Chan money can only take it so far. He's ready for another cash in. So that was yeah. the early runner for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you're you're one for one for two so far with the third one coming up. You know that's better than Babe Ruth's, uh, you know, batting average. So I'm alright with that. For sure, for yeah. sure. Me and the Babe. Are you ready for the Matthew McConaughey category? <laughs> Am I ever? Okay, okay. So, in 2001, there was a reboot of The Great Escape, simply called Escape. And it was starring Matthew McConaughey in Steve McQueen's role as the Cooler King and Vin Diesel in James Garner's role as the Scrounger. This is a, a film that was made by A-Team director Joe Carnahan, who wrote and directed it. 
Okay. Yeah. Sound, yeah. Sounding good there. Sounding good there. Yeah. Okay. I'm skeptical of that one early on, but I'm curious what comes really? up next. I am. Yeah. I mean, it, it could just be a, a Joe Carnahan film that you've never heard of. Yeah, because I do kind of like some Joe Carnahan, but I will admit mm -hmm. I'm not familiar with his entire repertoire. Plan, okay. So. 2003's Tiptoes. So Steve, played by Matthew McConaughey, yeah, you like it so far? What a great name, Tiptoes. 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 Yes. He finds out that his girlfriend Carol, played by Kate Beckinsale, is pregnant. Of course. But he's immediately fear-stricken for reasons you might not expect. Not just that the child is on the way and their He has a fear of baby feet, hence Tiptoes. No, he has the fear that his child will inherit the dwarfism gene that is held by the rest of his family. <laughs> As the movie develops, uh, Steve's fears are, are his own, as Carol is so at terms with her child becoming a dwarf that she actually begins to fall in love with Steve's dwarf brother, Rolf, played by Gary Oldman. I am sorry to tell you, Tom, I've seen the trailer for Tippy Toes. No! <laughs> and it is mind-blowing. It is unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, it has, uh, it has, what's his name, essentially doing dwarf on golf. Yes, you know? Gary Oldman walks around on his knees, yeah. and the right. rest of his body is perfectly normal. That's why he's a dwarf. The, the, that movie... It is unbelievable that it got made. And I understand Matthew McConaughey smokes a lot of pot and makes some bad decisions. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, that one's been out for a while, too, but it was so underground and so yes. hidden. I, I don't I know there was a chance I you may not have. I, I watched some movie, and for some reason I watched, like, all the trailers. And it was, mm -hmm. like, a rental, so they had, like, 20 trailers before the movie just to punish me for renting a movie. And this was like number 19 out of 20, just because nobody could possibly put up with all these trailers, and it was Tippy Toes. I didn't remember the name, but I certainly remember the, the content therein. Tippy Toes indeed, yeah. God, what a horrible... I'm so excited to record this podcast and then post it just so I can put that trailer in the notes for people to watch it. I would say you embed it on our webpage so that people can just link it straight from there so you can see what we're talking about. We need to host a copy like... of Tippy Toes. We need to create a Tippy Toes fan site, basically. A Tip Toes fan site. Yeah. I mean, you have three pretty good actors in that. Well, three actors who our can names. earn a lot of dollars. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Oldman. That? Gary Oldman got a script and he said, hey, you want to play a dwarf? Hey, that's a new challenge. <laughs> good for him, man. He yeah, has done... Exactly. Pimps and everything else. So and Dracula. And, yeah. Oh, man. What's going there on? There we go. I'd read That's... a book on the production of Tiptoes. That's for certain. Yeah, if somebody's getting ready to pull up all the dirt on that one and yeah, yeah. walk you through the process. Yeah. That's okay, cool. that was Bullets in the Chamber. Well, I feel like I cheated a little bit with the two out of three. but No, no, no. You I didn't cheat at all, Matt. It. You did well. Yeah, thank you, Thomas. Good, good game. Happy. Having the knowledge, that's important. And, you know, I didn't flesh out the escape as much as I wanted to and kind of change it up halfway through a little bit. As soon as I saw that, I put Joe Carnahan was the director when it was supposed to come out in 2012 originally, and uh, I pulled it back to 2001. I knew I sort of worked myself into a hole there. Now you you kept me on guessing. If, if I had not seen Tiptoes, the trailer, I probably would have, I mean, it's just too absurd to believe. It is. Which is it the is. point, yes. And that's why I wanted to bring that up, yeah. yeah. Okay, Matt. Yes, Tom. You're you're a man who likes Halloween, am I right? I love Halloween. What a great time you of year. You do. Yes. And you love the movies that come along with Halloween, right? I'm a fan of bad horror movies and good horror movies. 
And how much does $10 get you? About half of a horror movie, traditionally. <laughs> You're going to watch a half, and then they're going to eject you from the theater. Or maybe a bad movie from the Walmart bin. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it doesn't yeah. get you a lot these days. $10 doesn't go very far. Yeah, movie-wise, it doesn't get you a whole lot. But yes. in Flint, Michigan, on October 29th, the Flint Horror Con is happening. And tickets nice. are just $10. Okay, so what do you get for that $10? More they than just a have half ton- a movie, probably. Yeah, they have tons of movies going on all day long. They have uh, art. They have all sorts of booths set up. I mean, it's just a, a great event to go to. Go dressed up in your costume, your scariest costume. If you're out of town, go through Flint Bishop Airport. Nice, relaxing Flint Bishop Airport. Guaranteed it's easy to get in there. It's real nice. Yeah. Easy to get in, easy to get out. You know, spend the night in Flint and uh, and go to this horror convention on October 29th. It gets you in the mood for Halloween. The website is www.flinthorrorcon, all one word, dot com. Flinthorrorcon.com. Yeah, our buddy Chris is uh, putting it on, and uh, I mean, the guy knows his horror, so that's one guy yeah. I would trust to any horror recommendations or something like that. Uh, Chris is going to be involved with horror. It's probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, he's a, he's a very creative guy. He has a lot of really big ideas, and, and this is one of his big ideas. And from the sound of it, it sounds like it's getting off the yeah. ground really well. So this Even, is something, if if you're in town, it's definitely something to check out. $10 a ticket, how can you not pass that up? I know traditionally when I think about somebody that's putting on an event or something, you're thinking about, you know, oh, that guy must be just loaded, and he's just doing this to make more money. <laughs> but uh, Chris Ringler is definitely doing this because he loves it, and I and positive he's going to put on an event that he would yeah. want to go to as well. So it's not, I know this is just it's something he's doing because he loves it. So Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. It's like his field of dreams. It's just this passion <laughs> exactly. for him, you can tell, you know. That concludes the first part of our podcast, Podcast 6, and we hope you join us for the second part where we have an in-depth conversation talking about the Coen Brothers movie, Blood Simple. Also, I should note that Matt has a decision to make between watching either Tiptoes, as discussed earlier, or Solaris by Andrei Tarkovsky, although I will bend on that. I'll let him watch anything by Tarkovsky in order to fulfill his obligations with the summer box office bet that we made. So, thank you for listening, and we hope to see you on the other side.